Welcome to Ginger and the Beef, the podcast where you shouldn't eat pickled jalapenos as a snack. And why is that, Isaac? Why is that? Uh, they I make... fell into a burning <laughs> ring of fire. They make your insides feel not so good. <laughs> yeah, but they're so good, though. I mean, they taste delicious. And this is the third jar that I've had in probably the last like two months. Uh, however, this is the first experience I've had with eating them on a relatively empty stomach in the middle of the day. And a lot of them. I probably ate the equivalent of like a, a jalapeno, a jalapeno and a half. Um, they're, they're sliced jalapeno pickled, sliced yeah. pickled jalapenos. And uh, yeah, it, uh, you know, I, I don't even regret it. I don't <laughs> even you, regret it. And you can handle the hot stuff. Yeah. And you know what? You know what helps? Um, helps with that is a, a nice, fresh, almost cold, lucky lager, Vancouver Island beer. Lucky lager. Yeah. I'm not drinking Lucky Lager. I got the Arizona hard green tea, and I got a neutral, and I combined them to make it less sweet. That doesn't sound appealing. But No, it's like carbonated iced tea. Yeah, I stand by my statement. <laughs> like well, I, try, I, would try, I would try it, but... Yeah, just, it just cuts the sweetness, you know? Cuts oh, it I right know, through. I know what you're saying, bro. Yeah, just make, it's like pure logic. Yeah. So we're talking about pickled jalapenos. This um, this restaurant that I've I've been frequenting, and by, and by frequenting I mean like, it's the only restaurant in the town where my trailer sits all summer. So we go there, you know, once every few weeks, kind of thing. What is it called? For the deli. It's called the Delburn Bistro. Mm-hmm. Delburn. It's actually really good. Um, one thing that they had going for them, and I said I say had for a specific reason. We'll get into that in a second. But was their calamari dish. And on the calamari dish, they had pickled jalapenos that were cooked or fried up with the calamari. And buddy, were they fucking delicious. Yeah. It's I could just eat those. Just deep fried pickled jalapenos with this chipotle dip thing. It's fucking unreal. Deep fried pickled jalapenos. Yeah. Just that, like the little slivers, like you said. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. It's it's really good. Um, it was something we look forward. To. We look we look forwarded. We looked forward <coughs> to. We look we forward looked, to. We looked forward to it every time we went. Look forward. And to then it. and then we talked it up. And then we talked it up to to my father in law, who is a very picky eater. Um, and we're is like, he? oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> my in laws are all sorts of picky for the most part. Fair enough. Not as bad as they used to be, but uh, he's he's notoriously picky. Um, anyway, we went there and we talked this place up. We're like, oh, you're going to love the calamari. It's so good. <laughs> and so we get it. And that's the first day. So we get it. We have a first bite. And Michelle's like, this isn't that good. He's like, this isn't good. I'm like, no, it's not horrible. I'll eat it. But uh, yeah, we actually we, we asked them and they're like, yeah, we changed suppliers this week. It's like, well, fucking change back. Yeah, this like, shit's not good. You guys fucked up. Hundred percent, and they let they let the whole team down. Like we've been bragging about it, and then that's like just really bad timing for you to be like hyping that calamari up like you were, and for them to throw you a fucking curveball like that without even letting you know in advance. Anyways, like that's fucking rude. Absolutely, it it you know it made me maybe regret going there. See, this is this is why this is why we need to have video podcasts soon because. 
nobody can tell that I'm sounding aggressive, but not being serious. I can tell. I know, but nobody else can. I'm just realizing how much of a dick I must sound sometimes. Oh, yeah. Every time. It's funny. Michelle and I were listening to uh, the pumpkin spice one from a couple weeks ago. And she's like, man, Isaac was having a day. Hey, I'm like, yeah, he was. Which one? Which one was that again? I we, I don't know. We talked about pumpkin spice at some point. Okay. I, yeah. I don't know. It was a few weeks back. It yeah. Was, you can just, hear my voice, but you can't see the smirk on my face after I say something like that, you know? No, I get that. And that's why uh, it's fun. Although, although I'm I, sometimes I'm in the room with you and I'm like, this fucking dude is this <laughs> fucking ass is chapped right now. Kind of like today, ass. except, except t- 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 today you don't have a chapped ass. You got a fucking burnt asshole. Anyway, well, you know what? That's okay because I have a bidet or bidet, however you want to pronounce it. Definitely bidet, isn't it? Yeah, props. Um, I have a bidet and it makes my butthole not chafed when i wipe frequent <laughs> shitting how many let's make a podcast episode about how many times i've discussed my bowel movements on a podcast <laughs> it's fun times it is it's uh it's you i think we could probably put together a clips episode and it would have uh, everything covered clipsy um <laughs> clips um so yeah bidet us bidet it's pronounced b-i-d-e Oh, I fully, I'm bidet. fully aware that it's pronounced bidet. Yeah. I'm also fully aware that debris is pronounced debris and not debris, but it doesn't stop me from pronouncing from it incorrectly out of, out of sarcastic humor. I know it's fun to do that sometimes. Yeah. But, and it almost like bugs people. Cause they'll, you know, I'll be like, Hey, can you go sweep up all that debris? And they're like, what? I'm like, <laughs> you fucking heard me. What did I stutter? I saw, I saw a dude on Instagram the other day doing that. He's like, I, I'm going to fucking butcher it, but it was hilarious. He's like. Can you point me where the avocado is or something? He just said words wrong. <laughs> and they're, and they're like, too. they're like, uh, you mean avocado? <laughs> anyway, I guess you had to be there. <laughs> Found 20 bucks after that. <coughs> you made me laugh when I had a, a puff of my vape. Vaporizer. Also known as a, a douche flute. Um, That's correct. Oh, was I gonna? I totally lost my. Oh yeah, it's like it's kind of like the Key and Peele episode of uh, Balake. Uh, it's Blake. A A Ron. Yeah, I fucking Pre- love that episode. Present. Yeah, <laughs> I love Key and Peele. Was one of those shows that actually I find this with most sketch shows. They're hit or miss, right? You can have in in an episode if there's even a half hour episode if there's you know eight sketches or seven sketches. You're going to have three that are really funny and the rest are meh. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they, when they hit Key and Peele, they fucking hit. So true. Like, well, I guess it's the same thing with a lot of sketch shows. The Chappelle show was the same thing. I think Chappelle hit a lot more than he missed. Um, but, uh, yeah, in living, in living color, I used to watch that back in the day. That one, that one had a lot of misses, but a lot of hits. Saturday Night Live, I find nowadays is all misses. Um, yeah, back I don't in the watch day, that shit anymore. I still, I, I still try. Well, I don't, I don't watch it ever online or live. I'll watch clips in, on YouTube and stuff. But yeah, it's just not as funny as it used to. And and don't get me wrong, it's not like I know they're still trying, but it seems like in the last 10 years, every time I've watched a clip of Saturday night live, you can watch them reading the teleprompter way more than they ever, ever before. 
It's because they're not as good as they used to be. All those like heavy hitters are gone now. Yeah, that could be true. That's, At least that's, that's my opinion. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I just when I was I was watching, I think, I, and Kate McKinnon. I actually really enjoy Kate McKinnon in, in a couple movies and stuff. She's yeah, she really is funny. She puts on the great like. Uh, stupid funny very good like she's really good at me at playing like the dumb blonde funny or like aggressively dumb aggressive person. yeah she's yeah. got a good aggressive side to her to her yeah. really she's really good at that but i was watching a clip where she was i think she was uh hillary clinton for snl like there's different people play different characters <clears throat> kind of consistently for those who haven't heard of snl <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know stands um, for saturday night live <laughs> whatever um no she <laughs> she was uh she was talking about or she was playing hillary and you could just watch her read the prompter and it just irked me and ever since that one i've really noticed that a lot of times you can watch them like looking at the teleprompter instead of right. like paying attention to the people they're acting with that's or, or, or doing the scene with so but here's a question there's a there's a show that came on netflix and it was they only did four episodes and it's called Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Have you heard of this? Uh, no. Okay, so now I'm just I'm gonna try to get you to know who these people are by just by Middle Ditch and Schwartz. So, have you ever heard of? <sighs> Fuck, this is hard. Okay, have you watched the movie Tag? Yes. I'm gonna go this route because you've never watched Silicon Valley, have you? The TV no. show. Okay, so I'm going with Tag. You know, in Tag. There's a guy with a long ponytail who works at a gym that they go visit and they're they like time up in the basement to try to find out where Jeremy Renner is. Do you remember that? Uh no, let me just Google the scene. Okay. Well, Thomas Thomas Middleditch is that actor. He was in Silicon Valley. Um I'm trying to think of other things he's been in. Um anyway, he is a really funny guy and, and he's in a lot of short scenes he does a lot of uh um you know what's it's not even a cameo it's when he shows up for like a second in a movie or i know a, who yeah. that is now yeah so you see a picture of him okay yes. so now you googled him now look up ben schwartz so ben schwartz is another actor who you probably recognize he was the voice of sonic yeah sonic the Hedgehog. okay he was also he was also in uh, uh What's that one with uh, Jason Bateman and fucking Adam uh, Driver about their dad passing away and they had to sit they had to sit Shiva because they're all Jews. I don't know that one. He's the he's like the one I think he's oh he's this the he's where, the he's this the is rabbi where I leave who, you. Yeah, this is where I leave you. This is he it's actually really funny. He plays like the the rabbi that's like in charge of them sitting Shiva as a family and they all grew up together, like the kids and him. So Adam Driver and Jason Bateman and the other brother, uh, they all like just rag the shit out of this guy in the, in the movie, and it's actually quite funny. I've never seen that. That's it's got Tina Fey. It's it's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. Rose Byrne, Catherine Hahn, Timothy Oli Fantastic. Yes. Huh. I've never Timothy, seen that. Timothy Oli Fantastic plays uh, once again, a dreamy individual. Perfect, perfect. Anyway, Ben Ben Schwartz and Thomas Middleditch have a show on Netflix called Middleditch and Schwartz, and these two guys are students of improv. 
So what they do instead of you, you see most improv shows or most improv if you ever if you ever watch it, it's like little bits, right? Little one minute segments or even less. Sometimes they, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Anyway, they do long form improv. So they were traveling, and this is before COVID, obviously, and hopefully they do it again here. Um, but they did. There's only four episodes that they had, and it's each episode is just a long form improv. They completely improv the whole thing. They get all the bits from the audience and they just go. And I, it's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever watched. Like I was keeling over laughing watching these two guys do just, just two of them on stage, just go back and forth. And they both play many characters in a story that they create on the spot. Definitely worth a watch. Sounds solid. Yeah. It's really good. It's, it takes sketch comedy or improv to the next level. I, I find it's like a Damn. giant, it's like a giant episode of a sketch. Nice. So anyway, that's that was my uh, my long winded pitch for Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Watch it; it's fucking long good. Long story long. Long story long. Um, then uh, I wanted to mention last night I started watching fucking a movie. <laughs> Obviously, weird. I watched I watched a documentary last night called Kid Ninety, <clears throat> which I had heard about. It's um, Soleil Moonfry, who was like who was a TV actress back when she was in the late eighties. Okay, but she was friends with like I heard about it on the Victory the podcast. It had she was friends with Kevin Connolly and and Leonardo DiCaprio and and fucking Zach Morris and fucking you know, Zach Morris. <laughs> yeah, he's in the he's in the documentary. Um, Stephen Dorff, just a whole crew of guys and girls who were in that '90s Hollywood scene who were in their late teens, early twenties, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the documentary was it was decent like it was it was pretty good i found myself crying a couple of times just cuz of you know the stuff they get into a lot of a lot of people back then who a lot of people who aren't around anymore out of that crew a lot of it was suicides it was pretty sad but um it was just it was a fairly decent documentary about that and then when i turned it off all of a sudden there popped up a recommendation you know when you're done on prime it was on prime and when you're done, all of a sudden it pops up. You should watch this next. And Val popped up. Have you heard of that? Uh, Val. It's the new Val Kilmer documentary that he made. Yeah. Nope. Never. Nope. Haven't. Haven't heard of it. Dude. Did you know that Val Kilmer had throat has not had? Oh, I think he had throat cancer. I did not know that. And he can't talk. Like he's, currently? He's, yeah, currently. That's he's devastating. Tra- he had a he had a tracheotomy and. He talks through his trach right now. He's learning to work on his voice again. But I'm only about halfway through, and I, as soon as we're done here, I'm gonna fucking hang up the phone and fucking go watch the rest of it. But when did when did like I? That's crazy. I had no idea. I didn't either. I just I just I literally clicked on the thing last night on on the watch Val. It was it like the synopsis of it was he made he had like sorry. Bit backtrack. Sully Moon Fry in that kid ninety one. She carried around a video camera all the time. She just always had one on her. It was the nineties, so it wasn't like everyone had cell phones in their pocket like it is now. Yeah. Val Kilmer, on the other hand, him and his brothers had a video camera when they were little kids in like the seventies and eighties. Like he carried around a big fucking like shoulder one all the time in the eighties. So he has thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of film that he has filmed on his cameras throughout the years. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of footage from it. Like it's crazy. They show it. They go into a room and show 
like the amount of boxes of <laughs> like film and VHSs and everything that he has. Yeah. So anyway, that's what it is. So it's got a lot of that footage. It's kind of a story of his whole life, I guess. I'm only a little bit in, but obviously it's, you know, I turned it off last night when he said, I didn't really want to do Top Gun. And then it showed them getting on the aircraft carrier. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be fucking great. So yeah, it was just, I was like, I didn't realize that that had, that, that had happened to him. I, I heard, I don't even know when it was. I might've been a conversation with you or someone that he kind of had fell on rough times. And I don't know if that's the case. I'm not at that point of the documentary yet, but uh, this is definitely, he had throat cancer and, but uh, it's really good. I'd recommend watching it for sure. Yeah, it sucks. I just looked up some pictures of him, like current pictures, and he's uh, definitely a, a frail looking dude right now. It sucks. But he beat cancer. Is what yeah. He said. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? It's crazy. Like, and this is not exactly the same, but I have a coworker that um, he had throat cancer as well, and he used to be quite uh, overweight. And after his throat cancer or because of the way his throat cancer ended up going, he ended up having to lose or losing because of the recovery from it and what they had to do to like eradicate his cancer. Um, he ended up like dropping down and now he's like a skinny dude. He's like old and you know, old, but like he's, yeah, he's way healthier at least in terms of like body weight and not having cancer. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nuts, man. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I'm assuming that makes you, well, you, I believe I'm not, I've never had fucking chemotherapy or radiation, but I believe it makes it super hard to eat and you're sick and you're, it, it's just probably the worst fucking situation I could ever think of, I guess. Well, not only that, but apparently he had to have uh part of his stomach cut out as well. Oh, because of so cancer. Due to just, I guess maybe due to the, the extent of things he had to have uh yeah, part of his stomach cut out and <clears throat> that caused him to not be able to eat very much forever. So yeah. no, that's fucked. That sucked. Glad he's all right now, but yeah, he's doing good. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. I'm not sorry, but you know, yeah, I mean. fuck, fuck cancer, right? Yeah. Fuck cancer. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, you kind of changed where I was going with that story, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> well, I didn't know where you were going with it. Daryl just kept going, you know? <laughs> no, I know. I was just, no, I was just saying like, uh, last night watching Val and I, I can't wait to finish it. It reminded me like it's been some time since I've watched a good documentary and watching it last night. I don't know. I just thought it'd be a great point. Like, are you a fan of documentaries? I love a good documentary. I always, and you know what? Let's maybe a little bit of a, a sidebar, but on the same topic, do you remember when Dan was talking to us about how, or did he message you or maybe it was the group? about uh how i i so to preface like you like to say um i love i love a good documentary like i was just saying a good documentary leaves you feeling you know one way or another it's either a positive one or it's a negative one or it's a mystery mystery one whatever uh yeah i like them if they're well made has to have good music has to have good uh uh production um but good documentaries are, are awesome um however Dan made a good point, and that's every time you watch a documentary, it's like you're always felt, you're always left feeling um, 
almost like on the side of whatever the documentarians are aiming yeah. towards. And it's just like a total, like most of them anyways, it's like a total persuasion type thing where like, what's that one called? Um, how to make a murderer. That one that was huge on Netflix a number yes. of years ago. Yeah. So no matter how you felt about, uh, about, I never guy, finished. I didn't even finish the first season. Okay. Well you, I was left feeling like the guy was innocent for sure, but that's just due to the nature of the documentary. Like they, they push way towards like painting the police as corrupt, which they were, but like it's always, it's how it's spun. It's how the documentarians want to spin it. And they do such a good job nowadays that you're left feeling on the side of whatever the documentarian wants you to feel at the end of it. So I don't know. It's kind of crazy. You got to really be like critically thinking when you're watching documentaries these days because they're sneaky, persuasive, those fucking things. Well, a hundred percent there's, and I guess that kind of de- depends on the, on the type of documentary too. Um, but a lot of them do have most of the time you think of a documentary, like a, a persuasive essay. Someone's going to, it's because it's theoretically, it's a, that's what it is. It's a persuasive essay through film. They're giving you a point, they're going to make a thesis, and then they're going to show you all the reasons why or how that's the case. But can't there be can't there be a, a documentary that's just an, uh, a completely objective opinion on something and giving you all the facts without of, trying to persuade you one way or another? Of course. Probably, they probably exist, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. Well, well, and that's even even that I was I was thinking, oh, nature documentaries, they're 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 not persuasive, but they totally are. They push um, global warming and well, they don't push <laughs> Let's be clear here. They're not pushing global warming. Uh, they're fighting against it. So, <laughs> yeah, well, choice words. Yes, obviously. <laughs> I'm just but. kidding. No, but you're, you, that's it, right? It's it's. They're, but they're trying to do it at least say I'm thinking right now I'm thinking planet Earth as an example planet Earth one planet Earth two um I know David Attenborough who narrates them if you didn't know fuck everyone knows that but he narrates them I know that he is an advocate um for you know anti climate change and and that kind of stuff and that's great but I still find that those films he he maybe mentions once or twice about the fact that maybe there's a habitat leaving because of humanity or animals have to do something different because of humanity. But for the most part, it's, it seems fairly even keeled. If you know what I mean? Um, I find those ones are like that. When you get into political ones, they're always one-sided. hundred percent. Like I've never seen a, I've never seen a documentary that has anything to do with politics or government or anything like that. That is one that is, that is straight down the middle. That's one. That's one reason why I, I find it so hard to actually follow or or keep up with Rebel News, because I appreciate what Rebel News does, but at the same time, they all they do is go against government. It doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what uh, what's going on or what they're pushing. Like they just want to be anti-government a hundred percent of the time. So whether the government's right or wrong, Rebel News is against it. That's totally off, kind of off topic. But, <laughs> but no, no, I, I, I get that. I like um, I I I I think of Michael Moore when I think of people who push super hard, push a a, a certain topic super hard. Bowling for Columbine. But I was gonna say, he he does that especially now. But I still fucking love his documentaries. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to yeah. you. Like, like 
Bowling for Columbine is one of my favorites ever. Like it is, it's really good how he does it. Like it's entertaining. You, I, I saw it in theaters. I was like blown away by how, how entertaining a documentary could be. But yeah, he a hundred percent pushes one, one side of it. Yeah. And obviously anti-gun, which is fair. Um, but yes and he, no. Well, no, I'm saying it's, it's fair <laughs> that that's his opinion. Uh, but yeah, even, he's allowed to have but, his opinion. But the way he does it, and and I've heard this, well, uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone said that they literally had their conversations. He cut them funny. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So, so what they said was was different, and that's and that's how he does it. Apparently, I don't know. I'm not. I wasn't there, but <laughs> but that's how he that's how he persuades a story to his side. If he See, gets an interview, the, that's the problem with. A document, a documentary interview versus like a live interview. Yeah, is that people are very, very creative in cutting what they want out of a clip and using it. And it's you know, let's just you know, if you ever ever listen to Two Bears One Cave, you'll know what we're talking about. They don't cut anything out. No, but some of the shit they say in Two Bears One Cave, it's like banter. They'll say stuff that's like how you and I would joke about something and then say something totally offensive. Oh, I know. And then because and then of the nature of the conversation, you know that we're completely joking and we don't mean anything by what we said. And, and they always say like, place. yeah, they'll say something <laughs> and they're like, well, that's going to get clipped into something. And then, yeah, you find it later on the internet and it's like Bert Kreischer saying, you know, some Bert Kreischer's pretty racist. Re- uh, re- aggressively <laughs> racist shit. Yeah. It's not, he's not actually racist. Yeah. No, I find it so I I love that they call it out and that they play them that <laughs> that they play them on the show. They're like, "Yep, yeah, this is it. This is uh yeah, this is what, yeah. This is what we were like." They do a mashup of all the clips they can find. Yeah. Do you do you have a a favorite type of documentary? Like do you have one that you go to like if like a a, a making of a movie or um I, I bring up that because I really liked those ones you told me to watch on Netflix. Um, the how or the the shows that or the movies that made us the or whatever movies that made us yeah yeah I like I really like uh, making of uh, documentaries about movies or shows or whatever um, I do really enjoy a nice relaxing nature documentary uh, as long as it's not too like green PC um, and I actually and you do, like I'm assuming you love the visuals of those yeah it's mostly the visuals and the music for me yeah. for those ones because I just you know. I think it's nature is, is beautiful. Oh, fuck, also yeah. murder mystery documentaries, the ones where you don't necessarily get the answers you want. And it leaves you on these like edge of your seat type reactions to, to, to scenes or, or, or season endings and shit. And those ones get me, even though it pisses me off. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I get, and there's that, those are um, like, I've seen a few of those, I, I haven't watched as much as you, especially I have not seen as much as your wife um, of those kind of documentaries. But mine, I, I gravitate, I, I, like you, I really love the making of movie or making of films. Those are, I love just being behind the scenes. It makes me feel like I'm part of the, part of the team, you know, even though I'm not at all. Um, even like behind the scenes documentaries of TV shows or, or just anything. If there's, it, I used to love even the, what are they called? I'm <laughs> fucking blanking. The DVD special features where it had like a behind the scenes featurette, like five minutes of them behind the scenes 
you know, with little interviews and things like that, talking about how movies are made and stuff. I just loved those. What was your favorite special feature on a DVD? I mentioned this in the horror podcast, but on the Halloween, like the Rob Zombie remake of Halloween, which is, I think, about two hours long, the movie, he had a second disc, which was all special features. And the biggest part of that second disc was a three-hour making of the movie documentary. Right. That was my favorite special feature because <laughs> that's fair. It was a whole. It was it was longer than the actual movie, and it was the making of it, and it was like each step of the pro. It was so cool. Um, I I like not to sound not to sound uh to undermine your your uh, your opinion, undermine away undermine away. I I like the bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> I love bloopers idiot. too. <laughs> you calling yourself an idiot, bro? Yeah, get a lot of this fucking moron. He likes the bloopers. <laughs> yeah, I like the bloopers. I like to laugh. So my favorite thing about special features is watching characters in character suddenly crack up and just have, you know, look like a human being instead of like some polished actor. It's good. I do love that. I love and I love when they play pranks on people. Do you remember the Jackie Chan bloopers? They would always roll them after the credits or in the special features, and it would almost always be him either fucking up stunts or getting hurt in stunts. Getting hurt, yeah, like breaking an arm and that kind of stuff. Did you see that video of Jackie Chan accepting his Academy Award? Where he's, I didn't realize that he had been in film for 56 years before he ever received an Oscar. That's fucking mind-boggling, man. That guy's a legend. (laughs) He's a legend. He's, but let's be realistic what would what did he win for i don't know jackie googling oh wikipedia same thing jackie chan uh yeah so i guess my question is what would he have have won for um because let's be honest he's not the best actor he's hey, not no he's have not you, have you even seen shanghai noon God. <laughs> yes, I have. Did they wow. make three or is it just it's Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights, right? I think there was just two. And then there were three rush hours. Three rush hours. Rush hour, the first rush hour, outstanding. Chris Tucker, outstanding. <laughs> Do you hear can you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Great, Daryl. The most quotable scene in the entire movie but i wasn't Trilogy, quoting it probably i'm not quoting the scene from rush hour to be honest i'm quoting the scene from she's out of my league where the guy is quoting rush hour <laughs> let's you be pissed clear. my face friend i love that guy he's is that is that is that tevin is that his name you, tevin you pissed on my face friend <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about from I love you, man. You don't know. You don't remember what I'm talking about. Oh no, 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 not him. Not I love you, man. Oh, she's, she's out, out of out my league. league. Yeah, it's the oh. older brother. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, I totally merged two fucking movies that I was thinking of. You're that's, right. That's why I got confused there. But Tevin do, is. Do you awesome. remember that? Do you I remember do. that scene though? In I love you, man, where he's like, he's like, <laughs> I can't even do it justice. No, you go watch that face. scene. Go watch that movie. Well, if you if you actually listen to our uh, already comedy bracket, um. It includes that quote in there. It's on there. Ah, there you go. You, you pissed on my face, friend. I'm pretty sure I put it on there. If I didn't, I didn't. Um. Anyway, Jackie Chan won his uh, Oscar for he's an honorary award for extraordinary achievements in film. That's a good one. 
That's a pat on the back. That reward. is a fucking pat award. on the back. Sometimes people deserve that. But. Well, didn't they give Meryl Streep one of those? Man, yeah. does she ever suck? <laughs> Shut up, old bag. I don't even Go know away. anything she's in that was good. There very well could be something. I just don't know her filmography that well. Here's here's what bothers me about Meryl Streep. Real quick. There's There's... You know, I understand getting into acting and then furthermore getting into acting successfully for many, many years. You definitely have to put in some hard work. However, the rewards for being a very famous actor are lots and lots and lots of money. Yeah. And and luxury, luxurious, luxurious, luxurious lives. Um, so to hear her wailing and bitching and complaining about how much hard work went into it and how difficult the road has been in like acceptance speeches. I'm just like, Hey, you shut the fuck up, (laughs) go away. Your opinion doesn't matter just like ours. So shut the fuck up. What was that? Uh, it was, uh, what's his name? Um, God damn it. The creator of the office, the UK office. What's his name again? Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais. Remember when he hosted the Oscars and he made that speech or that little shit at the beginning and he was like, hey, all you guys, no one cares. Don't come up here and blah, 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 yap off. I'm not, I'm, this is not verbatim. Uh, but essentially he's like, your actors, come up, accept your award, say thank you and shut the fuck up and get off the stage. Yeah, it was the, gold, it was the Golden Globes and that Golden speech Globes. is fucking... Amazing. No, it's outstanding because that's really, that's my opinion of actors. I love movies, but I hate the actors who are just like this, woe is me. It's like, okay, lots of people work hard and 1% of them make the money you do to work hard. So stop fucking crying. Am I, am I passionate or no? You're a little passionate about it. I should like I, it. Should you I tell should... you how I, should I tell you how I really feel? Really feel? No, I think you're good. <laughs> I think you got it. But, uh, no, you're good. I think I think that covered it. Um, you don't like when actors complain about how hard things are. True story. They work long yeah. days, but they get compensated for it. I I don't mind. I'll, I'll say it on this way. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, not cancel you. What's the word? Was I muted? No. Oh, weird. I was just gonna say really quick. Um, you said they work long days, and I and I realized I was muted when I responded, but. I basically was saying, yes, they work long days for three to six months, and then they have the rest of the year off. So, well, here's here's my 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 fucking. I'm so bad with words tonight. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's my 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 to to today. Um, I think that that there are some actors, a lot actually, a lot more actors who do have to work super hard to get where they're going and to, and to, uh, I don't know, not necessarily make it big, but, but to, yeah, to, to get to a comfortable living to like establish themselves. I totally agree. I'm not like trying to undermine all actors, but I'm just saying like the few and the far that are like the elites and they're the ones like making the biggest cry baby award speeches. I'm just like, shut up. Agreed. Yeah. The guys who have been, or the guys and gals who've been around for a super long time who make, millions of dollars per movie whatever yeah i absolutely agree and that drives like me they, nuts too like they could spend like 
to, to cure their sadness, I'm sure they could just spend the average American's uh, lifetime earnings in a day, every day for the rest of their lives. And that would probably help. But I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. <clears throat> Do you like... Uh... <laughs> this got so dark. Yeah, you got <laughs> so dark. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the mockumentary as well. We're just, just transitioning right away from that. Let's just say like I don't... Again, this is why video helps because I've been smiling and like, <laughs> like laughing to myself through this entire uh, conversation. But and I'm and I'm yeah. just I'm just going on a fucking. I'm just like, well, here's my next point. I don't have anything written down. I'm just yeah. Let's transition. Let's transition uh, into the mockumentary. Yeah, mockumentary. What's your favorite? Let's just start off by by let's put you on the spot and let's ask what's your favorite mockumentary. I'll tell you mine. <sighs> If you want don't, first. Not, don't tell me yours yet. Why? I'm going to assume I know what yours could be. Okay. What is it? Is yours FUBAR? 100%. 110%. Okay. I figured it would be. Yeah. I, I think FUBAR's great. It's up there. I don't know if it's the my favorite. I, I'm i not saying it's the best, but it's my favorite. It's your favorite. Fair enough. I like I, my dad, made, not made me. He didn't, he didn't force me to watch This Is Spinal Tap as a kid, but. I just fucking loved that one when I was a teenager and they were talking about like the metal side of it. And it was so real. I thought Spinal Tap was a band until my dad had to explain to me that, no, this is all fake. So that's probably my favorite. I could watch well, it anytime. You could argue FUBAR, if you didn't know any better, somebody watching that with, with little information could think that that might actually be a real documentary as well. You're absolutely correct, especially the way they did it. Because they're actually getting fucking wasted and they were actually, you know, doing the dumb shit that they were doing. It's not like it wasn't all, it wasn't staged. No, it was just but, all written. Yeah, no, it's, it's. Yeah. Yes. And, and I really love FUBAR. We talked about that one time about how good FUBAR is. Um, <laughs> I can't even remember what, who we were. I'm just thinking, about. no, you fiddler kneecap feral. <laughs> you fucking, yeah, you just go down and you pet it. You pet what? Well, you better fucking kneecap, Farrell. What do you think? You pet her twat. Uh, yeah. that, that movie. I think I told this on the last time. I'm going to say it again because it's a great story. Me and Billy, too, loves that. Loves Subar. We watched it as teenagers. Loved it. It's great. Last year when we went to Billy's house in the wintertime, we're like, hey, the kid's in bed. We're nice and smoked and had a couple beers. Let's just watch. Let's put on Fubar. So we put on Fubar, and Michelle was like, this is not fucking good at all. We're like, we're, we're, me and Billy are laughing our asses off. And Michelle's like, this isn't even funny. What are you guys laughing at? Why Why are you watching this? Why do you like this? It's not good. I guess it had, I guess you had to be there. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I mean, kind like, of... you had to be there growing up with it to, to find it as good as we did. Uh, I don't know. I fucking loved it. I didn't even find it growing up. I found it, I found it when I first, like, it was almost like, I don't remember who it was that showed it to me, but somebody showed it to me shortly after I arrived in Alberta and in a, in a little town called Calgary. Uh, and that's where it was primarily filmed. So it was almost like a cult classic. Like if you didn't know about it and you lived here, you were a dum dumb. Um, so I was let in on the secret and watched it and fell in love with it and watched it almost as many times as I watched Shit Happens by Every Time I Die. That was a good one. That's there's another one, band documentaries. Would you, yeah, would you call would you consider band documentaries true documentaries? 100%. It follows Cuz a lot of times but they're not like documentaries cuz they're really a lot of a lot of the ones that we liked, they're just like 
band filmed footage uh, or like friend filmed footage of the band well, just no, doing shit. Well, yeah, that, those are fine. Like the the what was the shit? Not shit happens, but they had the little series shit something. Anyway, shit happens was kind of they actually went through their story a little bit more in that one. Yeah, um, with everything. I I love band documentaries and band DVDs. Black Dahlia Murder. Oh, Black Dahlia Murder. Majesty is perfect. It's so good. It's so good. And hey, you guys want some crack? <laughs> the black shit from Germany. That every time somebody says Jagermeister, I think of that line. The black <laughs> shit from Germany. Just to let everybody know, it's a metal band. They did a tour that was sponsored by Jagermeister. They drank a lot of Jagermeister and they filmed it all. Yeah, there you go. It was them on Warp Tour, which is hilarious because it's Warp Tour. Um, on a big ass bus. On a yeah, but no, I love all those ones. Like the the Under Oath one was amazing back in the day. The um, the Kill Switch Engage one, the Every Time I Die one, Black Daily Murder one. I just I really enjoyed them. I don't know. It's I guess it was one of the best things ever when when you got a band DVD. Probably probably because we were into the bands and music so much that watching the everyday lives of the band members to bands that we loved was like the next best thing to being like in the band or friends with the band. Right. Same thing we said about backstage or, or like behind the scenes movie ones. How I yeah. said, it makes you feel like you're there kind of thing. Totally. It's yeah. Exact same thing. Uh, exactly the same. Thing. Exactly the same thing. I find, I find for me, I'm just changing the subject again. Um, okay. Change it. Change it. <laughs> Changed. <laughs> do you have these, do you have these transitions written down? I don't. Or... I don't. I just, I want to talk about a different kind of, documentary that i really enjoy i have ocd oh we're not there yet okay let's go continue <laughs> fuck you making fun of me no buddy, never buddy it's a good day um no i went on a, it's tear. a great day i went on a tear um i i do that in general like yesterday i watched that kid 91 and then the val one came up so i'm watching that i'll probably watch another one there's another one i want to see called woodstock 99 that uh documents obviously Woodstock 99. So I'm excited to watch those. It's great. About six months ago, I went on a tear and I'm like, I'm going to rewatch Religious, which I love the Bill Maher documentary done by Larry Charles. Um, the guy that made Borat, which again is another great mockumentary. Um, anyway, the, his, uh, or Religious got me on a path. I was like, Oh, I want to watch more religion documentaries. So I watched one called Jesus Camp or Camp Jesus. I can't remember. And it just got to me under my skin. That uh, what, what, what the fuck is that about? Well, it's about like Pentecostal Jesus Camp and like preaching to kids and how they preach to kids. And bark at things and. No, and no, no. They're, they don't go. Well, speak in tongue. They probably do. Yes. No, they definitely had a couple scenes of the <laughs> All kids. All that crazy. Even, even the kids speaking in tongues and stuff. That's wacko shit. Whatever. Yeah. But, but that documentary was, it wasn't filmed out of, we're talking, we talked earlier about one sided and how things are kind of pushed one way or the other. That one, they're not actually being really mean to Christians. They're, they're kind of showing it exactly how the, the, the people presenting the, like the pastors, and like the kids, how they actually feel. It's actually showing it from their side. They do have clips of a radio show that's talking against the the church. So they're they're kind of showing it from both sides. But that was a really 
really, really interesting one. It got under my skin though, because it was like, this is really uncomfortable. <laughs> how how these kids and like I'm talking kids, then not even the youth group, like eight, nine, ten years old, um, that are essentially becoming pastors and preaching to kids at their school and talking about you know hell and all this stuff. Um, just think about just think about uh, what we were doing at that age, and then consider how ridiculous that truly is. You know? <laughs> I was doing the same thing. Come to youth group. Like guys. I'm pretty sure I was pretty sure I was figuring out masturbation and and playing tag with my friends in the bush. So at the same time, mm, probably not. <laughs> okay, yeah. fair enough. No, the, then there was another one I watched about the same time. I was just like, oh, good. This one's on, um, what's his name? Ted Ted Haggard, I think. was a He was a pastor of a huge mega church in Colorado and then got caught with a, uh, I think he hooked up with a prostitute or something or, or was with a, a, male, a male prostitute. Can't do that, Ted. No. Well, especially since he was very, very anti-gay. Um, anyway, but it... It was so even keeled. They they didn't paint him as like a monster. They showed how shitty his life was after. But the worst part about it was that it showed how shitty the church was to him. Like to me, church, if it all comes down to it, should be about forgiveness because that's what Jesus did, right? And this is this is still religious. Is that what it is? No, no. This is a third. I'm under the third religion one. Um, Which one is this one? This is the Ted Haggard one. Right, sorry. Right, yeah, Relig- I just miss, I missed the transition. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but they show that the how how like they just they kicked him out of everything. Like they didn't. There was no avenue for forgiveness because he was gay. Well, I don't think he's. Well, he might actually. Or was that the last one? No, it's the same one. But there was no. This ever- is the guy that got caught with the pro. The yeah, 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 yeah. Same guy. Okay, he's just trying to figure stuff out. Yeah. You know? So anyway, that was. I just I went on a tangent. They were all great documentaries. Um. But uh, made me somewhat angry. Um, that was it. That was it. I just went on a tangent for nothing. I just wanted to talk about those, 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 that style. And we're back. <laughs> and, and we're. we're... <laughs> well, welcome back, folks. We had a, a brief break there. Um, we're talking about documentaries that matter. Uh... <laughs> You're an asshole. Just kidding. This is, deserves you right for talking about my asshole for the first five minutes of this fucking episode. You brought it up. No, you made me in the pre in the pre episode. We'll put that in the special features. Fuck. <laughs> you, uh, you're the one who's like who said eating jalapeno. Can we do? That's true. That was the intro. Can we do like B roll episode? B roll episode. That's all just like stuff that wasn't in the episode but was recorded. One. <laughs> That would just be a bunch of clips of us swearing a lot and laughing. <laughs> if I if I ever, uh, that would take a lot of time to go <laughs> search through for that. I don't know. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. We'll see what happens. But anyway, I think that's it for today. I just yeah, I was unless you have anything. Do you do you have any other documentaries you wanted to talk about? Anything that you, that nope, I should I think, watch? I think the moral of this episode, or the the just a quick synopsis on the episode, is documentaries are sweet. Think for yourselves. <clears throat> think for yourselves on documentaries. Don't be convinced by the man. Um, <laughs> don't don't uh, fucking listen to him. Actually, actually, yeah. that's a good point. Documentaries. They the reason they got big 
was back in the 1930s, I think. Uh, I'm just looking it up here. Um, which what which documentary was big in the 1930s? Uh, it's the the first one that got really big was called Triumph of the Will, which was a Nazi propaganda film. And that's that that's took what a was, left turn. No, I know what you said. Think you know, like sometimes people push their opinions on you. That's okay. Where, let's go. That's we're, where documentary. We're diving right back in. Yeah. We're diving right back into a serious topic here. Let's go. <laughs> that's where I'm just saying that's, propaganda. That's where documentaries got their that's where they started to get more popular, more popular was in that time when I, I don't even know the Lenny Reithoff, Riffenstahl. I don't know. I'm not German. Is that how it's pronounced? But they, I don't know, but they made um, propaganda films and that was, those were the documentaries of the time. So that's just, that's just what kind of what started, started the trend of documentaries. That was it. That was all crisis actors. So back to what that's you were... the, the code word. That's the code word. Crisis actors. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, another good one is, uh, is called the shirt. I think it's called the search for sugar man. And it was like a, oh. a musician, the search for anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> give us the, All right. give us the hey, code tune word in next, Tune in next week. When we, when we t- go back to brackets, our wheelhouse, we're going back to brackets. Not only are we going back to brackets, we're going back to sports. We're going full on baseball movie bracket. Get at us. Baseball. Oh, dude, I have been catching up on my baseball movies. I watched one this morning with the kid. I'm about to watch. Uh, I got a couple more in the in the fucking pipe for the weekend here. So I watched Hardball today. I watched that last week. It's so good. It's really good. Yeah. Forgot how good it was. Yeah. Uh, last week was the first time I ever saw it for, for that one. I'd never seen it. I watched. Uh, yeah. I watched for the love of the game. I watched. Um, Bull Durham. And I watched shit. I watched uh, little no, not little big league. That's not the good one. Rookie, Rookie of, of the year. year. I watched Rookie of the Year this morning with Marshall. He loved it. I loved it. It's really good. Um, yeah. Anyway, next week we're gonna be talking about baseball movies with my old yeah. with my old man. So Daryl, give us an actual code word this week. Sugar. Oh, that sucked. Let's go with waterfall. <laughs> what was the one you had? Crisis something? Crisis actors. Crisis. You don't know what that is? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Google it. All right. I'll Google it. All right, fam. All right. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to y'all later. Later. Welcome to Ginger and the Beef. Welcome to Ginger and the Beef. Welcome to Ginger and the Beef. Welcome to Ginger and the Beef.